What's up, Moodles? This is Ultimates and Monsters, here to learn you a thing or two. In this episode, I'll be going over Alibaba and the Forty Thieves, which is one of many stories in A Thousand and One Arabian Nights. Now, A Thousand and One Arabian Nights is a collection of stories within a story. The king's wife cheats on him, and he has her executed. In order to never be cheated on again, every day this king marries a new wife, and then he has her executed at night. Which is technically a solution to his problem, I guess. Like, I'm no marriage counselor, but I feel like there's at least three other solutions that he can come up with. Well, one woman named Scheherazade is a lot smarter than the king. So after they wed, she begins to tell him a story. But she does not finish the story on the first day. The king is so enthralled that he needs to know how the story ends, so he allows her to live. The following day... She finishes the previous story, but starts a new one. And this continues on and on and on for a thousand and one nights. Which is nearly three years. Like, holy cow, how many stories does this woman know? And she spends her entire life up until this point reading. It's super impressive. I do this for ten minutes and I get tired. Eventually, Shahrazad tells the king roughly a thousand and one stories, and that's enough for him to fall in love with her. So they live happily married without the constant threat of execution. So anyway, on to one of the most famous stories that she tells, which incidentally wasn't even included in the original collection. Two of the most famous stories being this one and the one about Aladdin and the lamp were added in a later translation by, French, by some French dude named Antoine because, you know, he wanted to. So nothing is real, everything's a lie. This story starts out with Ali Baba and his brother Kasim. Their father was a reasonably wealthy merchant, and Kasim is a greedy prick. So when the father dies, Kasim marries a wealthy woman and builds on his father's business. Meanwhile, Ali Baba marries a poor woman and settles into the humble life of a woodcutter. One day, while Ali Baba is out cutting wood, as woodcutters are known to do, he hears a group of forty thieves approaching. He climbs into a tree to hide, and lucky him, the thieves don't notice him. They go, go, they go up to the face of a big cliff, and the leader, captain, general of the thieves, I don't know the preferred title for the thief in charge, the Clooney of the thieves, if you will, shouts out the phrase, open sesame, and the big rock splits in half to allow all the thieves inside to their secret treasure hoard. Now, you might be asking, why open sesame? Well, the answer is, who knows? It first appeared in this text, written by the French dude, and pretty much nowhere else. So I guess that it's meant to be like a shitty play on words in that sesame seeds, when they get ripe and they open or something, it's dumb and I hate it, but like whatever, it's the secret code to all the gold and it's just what we have to work with. So Alibaba waits in his tree, which is pretty much the exact opposite of his job, until the 40 thieves leave. Then he goes over to the big rock wall, and shouts the not-so-secret password. The walls open for him, and he explores the cave of treasure. Alibaba, being smart enough to realize that a group of thieves, with all of this wealth and magic doors, would probably not take too kindly to someone else stealing their treasure. So he only takes a single bag of gold coins home to his wife. His wife asks Alibaba's sister-in-law to borrow a bushel measure, and the sister-in-law is suspicious about what the two poors would have to measure. So she greases the measure with a little horse fat. Typical detective work. Alibaba's wife goes home and they weigh out their new gold. 
when she returns the measure, the sister-in-law is shocked to find a gold coin lodged in the horse fat. She starts complaining to her husband, Kasim, about how his brother is so much richer that he doesn't bother counting his gold. He just weighs it. She goes on and on about how much richer Alibaba is than his brother, how that woodcutter's frame makes him hot, and how he's probably willing to go down on his wife. Eventually, Kasim goes over to his brother's home and starts asking about where he got his gold. Alibaba tells Kasim the story about the thieves and the cave and the secret stupid password. They agree to meet the following morning, but Kasim, being a greedy prick, shows up extra early with a couple sacks and a couple donkeys to carry said sacks. He says, open sesame, the rocks part, and he starts filling the aforementioned sacks and putting them on the aforementioned donkeys. In his greed and excitement, Kasim forgets the password to get back out. So now he's sitting in the thieves' cave with their treasure that he's trying to steal. The thieves come back, find this jerk-off sitting there with his donkeys and their treasure, so they kill him. And they chop him up into four pieces, and they leave the pieces at the entrance of the cave as a warning. When Alibaba goes to the cave, he finds his brother's body parts on the ground. He loads them up into a sack and uses a donkey to get them back into town. For whatever reason, Alibaba enlists the help of one of Kasim's slave girls, Morgiana, to make it look like he died of natural causes. I guess Alibaba doesn't want the thieves to know that he's associated with the guy who tried to steal his treasure. So Morgiana goes to the apothecary and gets medicine. Then she goes back to the apothecary for a medicine that is usually taken right before death, which sounds like it doesn't work at all if most people take it before they die. In fact, it sounds like the medicine is killing, is killing them. But the apothecary isn't the one on trial here. Morgiana finds a tailor willing to sew the body parts of Kasim back together to make a single corpse. I wonder how that conversation went. Like, hey, anyone around here able to sew up a dead body? No, 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 we didn't murder him. We just don't want it to look like he was murdered because of reasons. They managed to find a tailor to do it for a hefty fee, of course. He's not going to sew a dead body back together out of the kindness of his heart. After the funeral, Alibaba moves into his brother's house for some reason. I don't know what happens to the sister-in-law, but she's not important anymore, so I guess it doesn't matter. Now, while all this cover-up stuff is going on, the thieves have a mystery of their own to solve. They find that the body that they left at the cave is gone, so now they know that someone else is aware of their secret hideout. So Clooney sends out one of his men into town to ask around about anyone recently dying. A tailor looking to make a few coins is like, I may be old, but I'm good enough to sew a man cut into four pieces back together if you catch my drift. Wink, wink, hint, hint. The thief understands the not-so-subtle language, and the old tailor is that the old tailor is throwing down. He offers him some coin for the information. Now Morgiana was smart enough to lead the tailor into Kasim's house with a blindfold so the thief and the tailor have to recreate this event. The tailor dons his blindfold and leads the thief back to Kasim's house. I guess you can't trust a guy who is willing to sew together a couple pieces of a dead body for no good reason. The thief makes the house. He marks the house with a piece of chalk. Morgiana sees him do this, so when the thief leaves, she goes around and matches the chalk mark on all the houses on the block. When the thief leads the rest of the 40 thieves back that night to kill everyone in the house, they find every house on the block marked with this chalk. The 
The original thief has no clue which house is the right house for the murders. So the leader, in his rage, kills the thief, and then leads the other thieves away. Now there's only 39, which is not nearly as catchy. Alibaba and the 39 Thieves is a stupid story. So a new thief goes back the next day and finds the tailor, who again, for some gold, will lead him to the house. This time, the thief chips off a piece of the front step. But Morgiana is like some kind of hybrid hawk guard dog, and she sees everything. After the thief leaves, she goes around and chips all of the steps in the neighborhood. So when the 39 thieves return to do a bunch of murders, again, they can't find the right house. So the leader kills off another thief, which brings the count down to 38. It's still imposing, but it still doesn't roll off the top. Maybe he should knock off a few more until it sounds right. The following day, Clooney himself goes to the tailor and gets led to the house. And guess what he does? It's incredible. He just remembers which one it is, like he's not a complete idiot. That night, he rides into town with 38 jars, claiming to be an oil salesman. Of course, only one of which has oil in it, the other 37 have thieves ready to do murders. I don't know where this plan came from, because it didn't sound like this was the plan on the previous nights. Like, he didn't show up with carts of oil every night. Maybe he felt real confident with 40 guys, but not so confident with 38, so he needs some trickery in the seat. He goes up and introduces himself to Alibaba and asks for a place to stay the night. Alibaba is kind and trusting, so he allows this oil salesman and a suspiciously huge amount of oil to stay the night with him. The plan is to wait until everyone in the house falls asleep, and the leader will go out and get the thieves, and then they'll murder everyone. Orgiana, again, being the hero, hears the thieves talking in the jars and when she goes out to get some oil. She can apparently do flawless imitations because she pretends to be Clooney and orders the men to stay in their jars until he calls for them. Then she boils a pot of actual oil and, and proceeds to pour it on all 37 thieves in barrels. It's super easy, like burning thieves in a barrel. None of them make a peep, apparently, because she just goes one by one and pours burning hot oil onto their heads without any of them standing up or trying to stop her. Then she just goes to bed. The head thief, who is also the only thief left alive at this point, goes to wake his men and finds them all burned to death. So he gets the hell out of there, runs off into the night so as not to face the wrath of the slave girl. But he's not done with his revenge. Now he's angry because he went from 40 thieves to one. Alibaba and the single lonely pathetic thief doesn't sound very impressive for a story. Clooney ends up renting the stall across the street from Alibaba's house. He befriends Alibaba's son, who now runs the late Kasim's merchant business. The remaining thief manages to get himself invited back to Alibaba's house for dinner, where he can enact his revenge. And who should recognize him but Alibaba himself finally stepping up and doing something? Just kidding, it's Morgiana, because of course it's Morgiana, she's the only competent person in this entire story. So after dinner, entertainment, she does a sword stance, which if you play Pokemon, you know that it makes your attack go way up. Then she stabs the thief, the thief in the heart, and he dies because her attack stat is so high. She explains who he is to Alibaba because she just straight up murdered a dude in his living room. She also reveals the dagger the thief had hidden in his belt. Alibaba is so grateful to Morgiana for saving his life so many times that he offers her the hand of his son in marriage and, you know, her freedom, 
which she happily accepts. And now that there are zero thieves left, the family can go to the secret hideout and say the dumb words and have all the treasure to themselves, and Alibaba's family remains wealthy forever. And that's the story of how a single slave girl conquered 40 thieves and they named the story after some dude who hid in a tree. Morgiana has a body count of 38 because two of the thieves were killed by other thieves. If the leader did his own dirty work himself, his body count would be three. So Morgiana was roughly 12 times more deadly than the leader of the 40 thieves. The story should be called Badass Morgiana, the Human Slaughterhouse, and her 40 victims, but, you know, sexism, sexism exists. That's it for the episode. What would make What would you make your secret phrase that had to be shout at a magic wall? Like, probably something no one would ever say in normal conversation. Open Sesame is like the first guess that everyone goes for now. Mine might be something like, wow, I sure do appreciate that stranger blasting their music on public transportation, and I don't think they're a selfish asshole at all. I totally believe that they have $1,000 for a phone, but not $4 for some headphones, so everyone on the train doesn't have to listen to their shitty music. If you enjoyed, please like, leave a review, and maybe tell a friend.